Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State Football Podcast. As always, brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand-breaded chicken and fresh-made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast. I am your host of the Cowboy Chronicles, Scott Wright, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. Lots to talk about, considering it's uh, we haven't had a game in forever and still got a couple of weeks until one. But uh, we're taping this on uh, on Friday morning, the uh, the day after the Doak Walker was not given to Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> it was um, it uh, was. Uh, I'll ask uh, how how surprised were you that Chuba did not win the Doak Walker award? I want to say I was surprised, but I almost wasn't surprised almost it started yeah. to feel like especially when he didn't get to the heisman finalist yeah. it started to feel like he wasn't going to get anything yeah to me it it sort of did i still kind of was uh was holding out hope that yeah. people would look at look at, at his production his value his importance to this team and uh and kind of see through some of the other things that you know um you know, you know, and we 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 talk, we've talked about this on the podcast before about going back to our, our days choosing high school awards. Mm-hmm. When it's hard to, it can be hard to block out a person's career when you have a guy who who emerges for one great season or a guy who's been really good for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Jonathan Taylor was fantastic last year and has had a, an incredible career in in three years at, at Wisconsin. But when you look solely on the merits of this season, it's really hard for me to understand the argument for Taylor over Hubbard. Uh, I just I think I think that the career success of Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor weighed into this probably more than it yeah. deserved to. Yeah, when it happened last night, I went back to that conversation we had in the podcast about that, and I mm-hmm. thought, man, they went career. Yeah, you know, because um, Chuba was better than Jonathan. Taylor in every category. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was like I, I mean, I'd have to go back and look, but I can't think of categories off the top of my head that he was better than Chuba in. I think he maybe barely got him in, in yards per carry, mm-hmm. but not not by enough to yeah. significantly matter. Right. Um, you know, he was behind him in in rushing yards, yards per game, uh all purpose yards, all purpose yards per game, obviously. Uh, you know, the Chuba was ahead of him in the totals and played one fewer game. Yeah, um, I th- you know, I the, think was the was the yards per carry because Chuba had more carries too. Yes, yeah, yeah basically. Right. So it just kind of knocked his number down just enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's bad. I mean, come yeah. on, it's it's not a good look when you have a guy like Chuba who has such a dominant season that that he can't get to New York first of all, right? But then he can't get the award for his position to show that he's the best player in the country this season. Yeah. Um, at that position, and I, I, I was, I'm baffled that nothing's worked out for Chuba in this. Right. Um, I don't think it's right. I guess I, don't, I, I just, I yeah. Mean, <clears throat> he would have been our uh, All State Player of the Year if we were picking an All State team. Oh, absolutely. Here, you know, I mean, there would have been no doubt. It would have been, yeah. hands down, done. All right, move on to the next guys. Pick right. The rest of the team. Yeah. Um. So I don't. I just. I guess I don't. I don't understand the argument against them. I don't, and uh, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast. But the Athletic put out their All American team, which, which, yeah, uh, you know, isn't one of the major ones, but it's uh, it's a significant publication, 
And Shuba didn't even make first team. Yeah, he was second team. Yeah. Behind JK and, and, and Taylor. And it was like, I, I just, I don't get it. You know, SI put no. out there as he was first team. Yeah. Um, but there just wasn't a lot of national love for Chuba. Um, I saw some interesting tweets last night that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. Is it because he wasn't on national TV enough? Right. Um, you know, his his game against Kansas State, we remember Rush for 296, was on ESPN+. Plus. Right. So many people actually watched him do that to Kansas State. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that hurt him. I don't know what. I, I, I don't know how to – is it – Fact that OSU was eight and four, right? You know, right. Um, yeah. I, I I can't tell what hurt him. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think the record probably probably did a little bit, which is completely unfair. Um, and is and I mean I'll I'll argue that point all the way to the Heisman ceremony uh, every year, uh, no matter no matter the the no matter the player that we're talking about. Um, the fact that there's only been one player who has lost four games. To uh, to win the Heisman in the last I think twenty years or so, or at least fifteen, uh, kind of gives you an idea of of, uh, of of where they've gone with that uh, that trophy. But um, yeah, it's been really odd and interesting to watch the uh, the way these things have been handled. Um, Natuba was first team. Uh, All-American on the Walter Camp team uh, yesterday, which uh, him him and Jonathan Taylor, first team running backs on on that team. So that was uh, that was uh, a worthy uh, decision, I, I believe. Uh, we'll see what happens. We're going to talk about the uh, the All Big Twelve AP team that's coming out later today. Uh, so some of you will have already seen it by the time you listen to this, but we're going to discuss it anyway. Um, we'll see where he falls on that. There's obviously an interesting decision to be uh, to be had there. Uh, to be made there, um, but it's been it's been really interesting to see the dynamic of the different things that that have uh, that have happened around this. So, um, very, uh, it's bothersome. I'll say that. Yeah, it's bothersome to see a running back have the type of year that he did. The um, the the type of moments that he that he had, and I wrote this in the story he had. He had the stats. He had the big games. He had the highlight real plays to match up with within or, or surpass anybody. And um, and it just it just for some reason did not resonate with uh, with a lot of people who have impact on on these sorts of things. So very interesting. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, we'll we'll save the biggest chunk of the All Big Twelve conversation for later, but. The uh, the the big looming question in terms of of that the coaches made their decision they chose Chuba Hubbard as offensive player of the year mm-hmm. over Jalen Hurts I uh, got no problem admitting that that's what I did on on my ballot right. uh, on the AP team it's hard to argue with the coaches yeah exactly um, that's how it works when we picked all state and all city teams right, too it's exactly. hard to argue with coaches it is um, do you think do you think Chuba comes out as as offensive player of the year from the Associated Press as well especially considering that a lot of people a lot of those people are uh, either involved with with other awards like the Heisman or the Doak Walker or uh, or are at least paying attention to what's going on there um are, the AP all AP Big 12 team I'm sure I just said that wrong but anyways is are all the AP voters? I know you voted. Yeah, but are they are they all Big Twelve? Big Twelve country. Big yeah. Twelve country. Yes. Then I think Chuba comes out on top. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, th- I think so as well. I think once I think everyone around the Big Twelve recognizes how good Chuba was yeah. this season and how important he was and how valuable. Um, I I think when you get out of Big Twelve countries, when you start to he starts to lose that momentum, right? Um, yeah, because so, then you get into the people that maybe only saw him against Oklahoma. Yeah. When yeah. he didn't have a, didn't have one of his best days. I mean, he was productive, mm-hmm. but he wasn't. Um, you know, he wasn't dynamic the way that he had yeah. been earlier in the year. You know, and the impression they had before that was what Texas probably because Texas right. was a national broadcast. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you got that, and and he had a good game against Texas. So he had, I mean, he got overworked he was, that game. Yeah, he but, was, he was working his butt off for that one. Um, you know, so they didn't get the best image if you watch nationally in those right. two games, and so. That, that maybe hurt him, but I think if it's Big 12 country, I think he's the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. I sort of feel that way as well. We'll see later on this afternoon uh, how now, that goes. Now, if not, I'm going to throw something or something, I guess, <laughs> at this point. Because, you know, just because just we won't have a follow-up podcast, just know that it's not right if he's not. So. Yeah. Um, now, we'll get into some of the other uh, OSU players who could be in line for recognition on that team. Some other interesting questions that I had to deal with as I was putting my ballot together on that and uh, we also got the mailbag segment it is our uh, our end of the week podcast we got some uh, some good stuff in the mailbag so we'll get to that here in just a little while we're coming right back after this break on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Talk a little bit more about this All Big Twelve team produced by the Associated Press voters, uh, of which I was I was one. Uh, this was my first chance to get to vote on that. I was really excited when I got uh, asked to vote on it because I think it's a cool yeah, deal to be a part of. That's awesome. We've always we've talked about how important the All State team was to us mm-hmm. when we were when we were doing it on the on the high school level. And to get to be a part of this was really cool. And then, uh, then I got into it, and uh, oh, well, there might be kids listening, so I don't want to say exactly how I felt. <laughs> uh, it was a pain. It was very <laughs> difficult. There is a lot of uh, a lot of work to be done. You don't have uh, nominations from uh, nope. form, nomination forms from coaches telling you who their best offensive stats lineman was. Database or anything. Exactly. The stats. Uh, the Big Twelve. Well, you have stats stat, database. I guess you, but. you do, but it's not great. The Big Twelve yeah. website is not great for stats. Sorry, Big Twelve. Yeah. Uh, it's got some good stuff, but um, you know, in terms of sorting things and uh, different stuff, it's 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 better than it used to be. Still not great. Um, so that was uh, that was tough, and then just trying to figure out. Now you know, you and I when we did, uh, I hate to keep bringing it back to us on the on the uh, all state team, but you know we would try say say we're we're picking our offensive line, we tried to get the five best most deserving offensive linemen. Yes, this team wants two tackles, two guards, and a center. Oh no! And so uh, you know, we had an email chain through all the voters uh, going back and forth, and some people would just say, "Ol, whoever," 
And then I have oh, now I got to go figure out what position this guy plays. Yeah. Oh no, he's a he's a he's a left tackle. Okay, I can't. I got to weigh him against these other tackles now. And I really really like the two tackles I've already got on the first team. I don't know that he's gonna <laughs> beat these guys. And then I go find the next guy, and it just says O oh, L. And I go look, and, and he's a center. Oh, we got three centers that I already want to put on the team. How's this guy gonna? And then uh, and, and then trying to find guards was really difficult because typically. Um, you know, the tackles are, are the guys that get talked about the most. Yeah. And, uh, and there were some really good centers in the league, which I thought was interesting this year. Um, but, uh, finding guards who were good was, uh, was really a challenge. Uh, some interesting stuff, um, that I found on the, uh, the pro football focus, uh, all big 12 team that they did, which was obviously just ba- based on analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some guys that, that, Weren't didn't even get votes in the in the the coaches on the coaches ballots that wow. were that were like their first team guys. So it was uh, it was really interesting trying to weigh some of that stuff. Yeah, interesting fact that I picked up about Tevin Jenkins. I don't know if I mentioned this. I might have mentioned this last time on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, did not allow a sack or a hit on on the Oklahoma State quarterback all season. Wow. Yeah. I, I I did not realize that. Wow, and that's, that's obviously impressive. He went from playing right tackle to left tackle, back to right tackle. Yeah, um, really, uh, really pretty interesting to uh, to see. You know, a, a, an organization that is based on analyzing you know those individual matchups on the offensive line, grading out everything that they do, and uh, and to see that was uh, was pretty impressive. Very interesting. That is stuff. that's very impressive. Here was one of the biggest questions that I faced. I want to talk some defense in a little bit before we finish the segment, but here was the biggest question that I faced. Tylen Wallace finished the regular season, including the, the Big 12 championship game, fourth in receiving yards in the conference. Only played nine games. Finished fourth in the conference. I had to... It was really difficult to weigh do you make this guy a first team guy he pl- he only played 9 games but his stats uh, you know he was on pace to be uh, to be right there with with Devin Duvernay who led the league um, in pretty much any stat category or uh, or right up there with uh, with CD Lamb who was a Blitnikoff finalist and and led the league in touchdown re- receptions if you if you had if you were in my shoes is oh, Tylen Wallace? You've got you've got two spots. You've also got an all-purpose spot to yeah. to play with, which gives you a little bit of flexibility. Is Tylen Wallace a first-team All Big Twelve selection? Well, that all-purpose spot changes it. It does, and it, it did for me. I I think you put Tylen on first team then, because I think you could put CD Lamb at that all-purpose spot. Yeah, you absolutely could. I I chose or or Devin too. I, I mean, chose either I way. chose Duvernay. Yeah, you could put Duvernay there at that all-purpose spot. You could put either one of those guys there because mm-hmm. they both do return stuff yep. and and everything like that. Um, where Tylen didn't. So right. to me, it's justifiable. Yeah, that you get three guys there. You get all three. Yeah, of them. and that's exactly what I did because I thought that those were the three best receivers in the league. Yeah, and that they all were all first-team. Uh, deserving. I mean, yeah. uh, you can make a case for Denzel Mims. He did have. Yeah, he, he had a good year. But he had a good year. He finished with better numbers than Tyler in, in the end, but he did play four more games. Yeah. Um. So it was. Uh. It was a tough decision. Uh. The coaches put Tyler on second team on theirs, and and I I, I can understand that. I'm not going to mm-hmm. fault anybody for making that decision when a guy only plays nine games. But 
um, we'll and we'll see what uh, what other folks do with uh, with their decisions. But um, I I felt that Tylen Wallace was was one of the two best receivers in the league for sure, and you could make an argument that he's the best receiver. Um, you know, it would have been really interesting to see how things had gone, how this, if this, how, if this, how the season would have played out the rest of the way. Yeah. What the, uh, what the Blitnikoff finalist list would have looked like. Both he and CD lamb would have been there. Mm-hmm. Could have been, uh, could have been very interesting to watch. Bedlam would look a lot different. I think. Yeah. That, uh, that for sure. So interesting, interesting situation, but, uh, we'll see, as I said, that comes out later today. So, uh, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably already out there and you can go check it out and see what all was, uh, was on there. Um, anybody else on the offense that, uh, who would have been the other guys that you would have at least considered for first team, uh, from Oklahoma state? I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought Tevin Jenkins, but now I would have, um, yeah, you know, you, you struggle to find guards. Marcus keys comes to mind. Yeah. Just because of his consistency, mm-hmm. um, and he's good too. It's not like yeah. he's a problem up there. And he was another guy that was a first teamer on the Pro Football yeah. Focus with uh, with his his statistics, his analytics. He measured out really and well. So you know, I think Johnny Wilson had a really good year too. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he missed one game with a with an right. injury. Yeah, um, but he was one of those good centers. I'm sure you were talking yeah, about absolutely. Um, so maybe those guys. Um, I think you've got to consider Dylan Stoner the way he finished mm-hmm. the year. Yeah, I don't know that he is first team, but I think you've got to at least consider him. Yeah, um, and uh, offensively, those are the kind of guys that maybe from yeah. LSU. Yeah, I'm trying. I don't think I had anybody else offensively that I was uh, that were that was in the mix yeah. for a spot um, anywhere. And Stoner's really just more of a consideration. Just make sure, right. kind of. Type yeah, thing. exactly. Like, uh, hey, let's uh, let's check this guy against other guys. Yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, offensively, there's nobody else coming to mind right now that uh, that I had in the mix for any of of those type of things. Um, Big Twelve does, or uh, the the AP does newcomer of the year. They do not do a freshman of the year. Uh, Spencer Sanders, I think, would have been in the mix for freshman of the year had that yeah. uh, had that award been available. But that would have been the extent of that. Um, Newcomer of the year is Jalen Hurts. It's, it's yeah, really I hard mean, to argue that yeah, in any in any manner. So um, give him that and give Chuba offensive player of the year. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's what I did. So we'll see. We'll see what the, what the other did too. Yeah, right? exactly, so. exactly. So we'll see what uh, what what other decisions are made there. Uh, let's move over to the defense because there were some uh, more difficult decisions to be made uh, on that side of the ball. Um. I think the two players that I that I immediately penciled in, uh, and and then ended up staying in their in their positions. Colby Harvell Peel at mm-hmm. safety, who I gave a strong look to as defensive player of the year. Yes. Um, ultimately, uh, I went with James Lynch from oh, Baylor, yeah. the def- the defensive end. That's fair. And he uh, was a monster. He was, and he was great in that title game, even though they ended up losing. Uh, but uh, but I ended up going with him there but uh colby did stay on my list at safety which safety was loaded there were a lot of really good safeties in the league this year 
cornerback uh, was not uh, not as deep as I as I thought. Obviously, it's the Big Twelve, and you understand right. that, that there are a lot of guys facing really tough passing offenses, really good receivers. Uh, but AJ Green was uh, was another immediate guy yeah. that I that I penciled in from the start. I kind of I kind of went through and placed in the Oklahoma State guys that I thought had a chance. Yes, and then I started gathering other information on on other teams, and then weighing all the de- the decisions. But those were two that I penciled in. Uh, automatically, that ended up staying in uh, in in their spots. Your thoughts on uh, on those two? First of all, I mean, th- those are the the easy guys for OSU. I mean, yeah. Colby had the best season. Um, yeah. he should be runner up to Lynch for defensive player. Of the I year. would I would say so. Yeah. Um, AJ was phenomenal. I mean, what do you? Do? I mean, right. he didn't. He was noticeable, and that's the key, right, for a defensive back. Yeah. You know? um, so I think those two guys are good. Um, otherwise, I think you've got to look at uh, what Amon Ogbogamiga mm-hmm. and, and Malcolm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pick between the two necessarily. That was, that was the big uh, the big issue for me looking at those two guys was trying to figure out how do you rank these two? Yeah, because they both had similar numbers. Yeah, they both had big moments of their own. Right. Um, whether it's goal line stops by Amon, pick six by Malcolm and 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 right. Ames and um just big tackles in general yeah um you know i think uh oh i'm going through it in my head i think trace had to get some consideration for something right um whether that's newcomer of the year too, get mm-hmm. him consideration um trace Ford, just the way he kind of emerged late yeah. in the season um i don't think he's there for a first team spot right in a certain spot but there's something there for that. I think those are the kind of the guys. Defensive line's hard to tell. Yeah, it is. Um, there wasn't a ton of sacks necessarily. There wasn't the kind of numbers that jump out to you, right? For those guys. Yeah. So, am I missing anybody? No, no. I mean, I I had Israel Antoine and Cameron yeah. Murray both on my list to kind of weigh some things, and um, you know, obviously missing the first three games hurt hurt Antoine. Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't, he didn't add up the numbers and those guys didn't get, like you said, don't get a ton of numbers anyway. Uh, but those were two guys that were on my list of, uh, of players to be considered. Um, but that was, uh, that was about where it ended. You know, you get down to like Trey Sterling had a fantastic year, uh, but it was hard to really, and especially with as yeah. deep as safety was, it was hard to really get him in that consideration. Rodarius was on my list at, at corner for a second team spot for a while before I, I kind of, it kind of, he got kind of filtered out with uh, with some other corners that that emerged as I was doing some research. So, um, but that was uh, those were those were the tough decisions. Uh, really, the Amon versus Malcolm, and how do you rank these two guys? Question was the most difficult one for me because I really felt that you could make a case for either of them for a first team spot, but mm-hmm. not not necessarily both of them, right? And you sort of had to uh, had to had to choose your direction there, and it came down to me to which. And this is a little bit the nature of of Amon's position, and I tried to factor that in as well, knowing that that even though they're both linebackers, they had very different roles. Uh, but Amon had he led the team in sacks, led the team in tackles for loss, and those two things ultimately swayed me. Yeah more uh and i and i went with him uh in that first team spot and malcolm on the second team um but that was uh that was a really tough decision to make uh that one uh that one weighed on me for quite a while so 
And I mean, and there were, and there were other good linebackers that, that made it even tougher because it was like, am I, am I giving these guys too much credit? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because, because I saw them so much and you have to weigh, you have to weigh that in as well because I, you know, I saw Kenneth Murray play probably three games, uh, all year and only mm -hmm. one in person. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys, um, you know, Terrell Bernard from, from Baylor, uh, you know, he had to change positions in the middle of the year because of the injury to Clay Johnston ended up being, a you know, putting up some high tackle numbers. TCU had a guy with some, with some crazy tackle numbers as well. And who was a first teamer on the, on the coach's ballot. Uh, but, uh, you know, just like we dealt with, uh, in, in, in the high school days, sometimes going strictly off tackle numbers is not necessarily yeah, it's not uh, good. evident the, of, uh, of what a guy is. So, um, had to kind of try to weigh some of those things. So it was, uh, it was tough. It was in the end, a, a pretty fun thing to get to be a part of, but it was really, really difficult to, uh, to put it all together and, and, and fill out all the uh, all the different spots. I think I ended up uh, busting de the deadline by about four hours. Uh, <laughs> Whoops! So my apologies to uh, Stephen Hawkins, who was putting it all together. Um, he was very kind when he emailed me at four o'clock. You know, after he asked for it at <laughs> noon and said, "Hey, I don't have your uh, your ballot yet." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, sorry." <laughs> and then, like, I literally was like five minutes away from finishing it at that point. I was just check double checking a couple of things, and uh, and fired it away to him, but. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it, uh, what it, what it looks like when it comes out now. So, um, all right, I tell you what, we got a good mailbag segment, so let's jump to that after uh, we take this break here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. back on the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's and it is mailbag time got some uh, some good ones on the list today angel fired away quickly this week when i asked for questions we appreciate that uh two-part question wants us to uh to to play the percentages a little bit here what are the odds that chuba hubbard plays in number one the texas bowl and number two plays for the cowboys next season so let's start with the texas bowl what are the odds that he? Uh, let's do percentages. Percentages, I think, are a little easier to. Uh, I think I said sixty the other day, right? I think so. Yeah, you higher, lower at this I'm point. I'm lower. Lower. Yeah, I'm going lower. Forty-five. Forty-five. Yeah, I, uh, that's fair. Um, I was uh, I was asked about this on the radio earlier today, and there are two things that I think make this a uh, a, a, a a weighted decision for for him because. If you if you're strictly thinking about if you're being completely selfish, it's an easy decision. Yes. You 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 start getting ready for the combine tomorrow mm -hmm. or yesterday. Um, there are two things. The first one I don't know how much actually matters to Chuba Hubbard, and that is he's 64 yards away from a 2,000 yard season, and I think there've only been 31 2,000 yard seasons in college football history, so it's a pretty elite club. Yeah. 
Maybe um, he wants that. It, it could be. It's I hard to tell how much know. he cares about that stuff. Exactly. Though. It's really hard to tell. Um, he de- he doesn't, and I wrote about his, his humbled nature earlier this week, uh, which I've been fascinated by, because no matter, you know, there are guys that you can get to sort of crack a little bit. Not, not, mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a bad way, but there are guys that, that are really good that will, that will, that will play the, uh, you know, the play to their training to always be about the team and all of that stuff and, and do all those things. And then you get them in a one-on-one setting or a more relaxed setting. And, and they'll say some, uh, some things about themselves that you, that you don't always hear. Um, Chubin never does. No matter the no matter the setting, I uh, you know I based my story on the moment that we were involved in after the Kansas game, where where most of the reporters had left. It was just him. He's sitting there on the back row. We'd been kind of joking around about some stuff, and his 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 humble uh, approach to everything about this season. Has never wavered. Yeah, it really hasn't. It, that, that's the that, Canadian in him, right? That must that must be it. That's got that's got to be what it is. It's uh, it's the Canadian way, mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's never wavered, and and that has that has impressed me. So I don't know if a two thousand yard season matters to him. Mm-hmm. The thing that I do think matters to him is is the fact that he is a team player. Yes. And that I think is is what is what weighs on him more than probably anything in uh, in terms of this entire discussion is the importance of being there for his team playing if it is his last year one more game with uh, with these guys those sorts of things I think could factor in I think that's the wild card mm-hmm. in this whole thing that's the only reason that that you're saying 45 percent and that and that and that yeah. I'm I'm in the same ballpark I would say around 40 45 percent something yeah. like that mm-hmm. uh, less less than 50 percent chance that he plays in this in this game um, I that's that's the only reason that this is really a discussion at this point um, now based on that conversation the next part of her question, percent chance that she plays or that he he plays in the bowl game i think we're both down to about zero at this point or uh, i'm sorry percentage chance that he comes back next season i'm getting distracted here because my phone keeps buzzing um Um, percentage chance that he plays at oklahoma state next season 25 uh you're way too high i think so i'm trying to be generous here just because that's fair in the team thing here that's fair that's fair And, Um, uh, and uh you know, and we don't know what kind of what kind of grade he's going to get back from yeah. from the uh, yeah. NFL scouts, and um, you know, it could come back, and and it's not a number that he likes, or not a grade that he likes, and he wants to come and improve on some things. Yeah, maybe he's upset with everything turned out in the postseason. He wants to go prove people right. wrong. Yeah, um, I've heard that, and I, I think you and I actually—I don't believe that. Right? But I exactly. Think, I think. I mean, there's a possibility, I guess. Right. But that is, somebody somebody made that comment on uh, on Facebook shortly after we posted the story that uh, that Jonathan Taylor won the the, the Doak Walker Award. Or maybe this uh, lights a fire in him, or I don't remember yeah. how they phrased it to to come back next year and prove prove the the doubters wrong. Yeah. I think it's the exact opposite. Yeah. I think it it reinforces the idea that. No matter what he does, it's going to be it, he's it's it's an uphill battle to yeah. to uh, you know I mean I, he's on the verge of a two thousand yard season. We just talked about how rare a two thousand yard season is in college football, and I mean 
next year he's not going to have you know the first five games or so where people just think he's another running back. Yeah, and he took advantage of that really well this year. So, uh, I mean, uh, coming back for another year of just getting pounded on and uh, and and being you know facing an eight man box every time you step on the field and uh, all of those things it's just uh, it's a it's a, a really daunting thing to think about when you could be going and and you know getting paid for it yeah and getting paid for it well well more than six figures which he yeah yes. he made the he made the yes. joke when he was popping the guy on twitter about how he'll yeah. his he'll, family he'll make will be well more than six, six figures. figures soon he'll uh he could have uh, more than six figures by uh by the summertime um all right moving on down the old mailbox here uh oklahoma's own dj um uh, not necessarily a question but a, but a, a comment that i thought was interesting um last week we talked about uh, how uh, you know, kind of the things you weigh as to whether you play Spencer Sanders mm-hmm. in the bowl game. Uh, we kind of came out on the side that if uh, if Chuba's not there, maybe you avoid yeah. putting Spencer out there in a in a uh, a difficult situation. Uh, he says he wants to give a a different thought on the discussion. Um, I think you want him to get that experience, especially to get more reps and film with the guys that will be there next year. Uh, I think those live reps could be crucial. It's a valid point. That's valid. Yes, it absolutely is. Um, still makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, um, because he's going to have some guys maybe teeing off on him a little bit more if he doesn't yeah. have um, Chuba Hubbard to uh, to distract some attention. But it's uh, it's absolutely a valid point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if playing him in the game is worth it. I think I I maintain the fact that getting him back in practice is absolutely worth yes. it. Yes knocking the rust off and uh you know when when a guy's had surgery on the thumb of his throwing hand which is so vital in throwing a football um you know you want him to get out there and start rebuilding the confidence mm-hmm. and understanding that yes this this thumb is going to hold up and and do just fine um, you know I haven't talked to any medical people uh, about this exactly but but Mike Gundy in his West Virginia post game said that this is very similar to the injury and the surgery that Drew Brees had. Right. And Drew Brees missed five games, came back and has been just fine all see the rest of the season. So, um, it's an, it's an interesting discussion. Um, I, I still sort of lean toward, uh, toward not necessarily putting him out yeah. there in, in the bowl game, just, uh, just to make sure that you're, you're protecting him, but you never know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of lean that way, too. Of you got to protect the guy a little bit. But uh, the experience thing, I guess every experience is good for Spencer at his age. Yeah, it absolutely and, is. And experience level. And so I, I see that. Um, but is experience just as equal as practicing, you know, right to me? So I don't know. And Drew Brown gets one more game. There's nothing wrong with throwing Drew Brown out there for one more game. Right. Um, and you kind of just move on. And I'll be honest. Part of that is playing into my into my feelings because I've I've loved the Drew Brown story. Yes, the last uh, the last couple of weeks. That's fair, and it's been uh, that's really been, fair. You know, and it's just kind of a a bowl game right now. That if you lose Chuba, you don't have Tylen. Spencer's kind of on his own. There's not yeah. a lot to be gained, right? Other than the experience. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's definitely a uh, an interesting question. All right. 
um, getting kind of long here on uh, on the old podcast, so we'll try to wrap it up quick. But uh, now this was not a question directed at us. I'm stealing this from uh, Cowboys Ride for Free. Um, appreciate the things that that they do out there as well. Um, but I really loved this question in particular that they just threw out on Twitter for fun. Um, if you could have any Oklahoma State football player mic'd up for a game, which one would it be? Man, um, it's, a, it's a tough one. My initial reaction was Colby Harvell Peel. Colby Harvell Peel would this. be a lot of fun. Be a lot of fun. They Trey Sterling could be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah. He seems like he might be a little bit of a talker. I think AJ Green is probably a, yeah. a, a trash talk type of guy. I, I'm actually curious what Johnny Wilson is like. Ooh, up. I hadn't thought about him. I hadn't thought about him. That's that is a good one right there. Uh, I because Johnny's got the hardcore yes. persona, um, the metalhead guy. Right. Um, he says really good, fun stuff to us when we're yes. talking with him. Um, yeah, you there's there's a there's I think some probably some creativity to his yes. his trash talk. Yes. Uh, he's not just sitting around just MFing people all day. Yeah. I'm sure there's some of that too, right. based on on his nature. Yeah, uh, I don't know that. I mean, he he might be a, a really well behaved guy. He might be yelling and raging out like he's got the like he the be. like he's at a mosh pit at a concert. He as might, he's running around hitting he might people. Be, um, yeah. I just I think it's all fascinating. I think oh, the absolutely. Johnny Wilson's my pick. Just mic up Johnny that's Wilson a, and that's a good and, one. and let's go. That's really good. Um, I would. Uh, I'm. I'm really leaning toward uh, stealing that one, but uh, I would also like to hear Spencer Sanders. Yeah, because he's got some fire to him. Not necessarily from the trash talk perspective, but just in how he interacts with everybody. Yeah. I think would be would be uh, really fascinating to uh, to listen and to. Landon Wolf's gotten chippy with some people this year too. I'd be he curious has. what Landon says on the that's, field. That's interesting. How was he at uh, at an early age? Was he a trash talker in the streets? He was a little fun. He was. He had a lot of personality yep. as a kid. You know. I mean. Yep. You know. I don't, I don't know about trash talking in the streets, but he uh-huh. was. Uh, he had a lot of personality. Yep. He was fun. All right. Good stuff. Um, all right. We'll wrap it up with uh, with this one. Um, apologize that uh, because uh, sports fanatic on Twitter has asked me this twice uh, last two weeks, and I I missed it last week. Uh, but uh, he wanted to know if you could offer an, an update on the Marcus Watson situation with the um, basketball team. I don't have a direct update. Um, his the hearing for his restraining order is pushed back to next month. Yeah. Um, there will be a hearing supposedly on that. Um, there will be no charges from the district attorney from Payne County um, for and, the alleged incident. Um, and uh, well, let's let's do that first of all. Uh, there wasn't a, 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 a there was a, a protective order filed against yes. him by a female student who alleged rape. Yes. And an incident at his on-campus apartment. Yeah. Um, but as you said, no, uh, no charges are going to be filed right. by the district attorney. Um, sounds, uh, sounds like, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, that, that any possible title nine, uh, investigation could be, uh, could be pending. There's, there's yes. still, still yes. no, no um, determination. There, yeah. There's no determination from that end of it. Um, that is all confidential stuff. Right, exactly. And so it's really hard to confirm Not, what's uh, going on, any kind of timeline or anything like that. Right. Um, I, I believe it will be done um, before the year is out on that, before the 
calendar runs out okay. on 2019. Um, because I think, from what I understand, from the time of the alleged incident, you have 90 days I for that. I see. And so I think it, it like the calendar is going to run out on that. So right. um, that should be handled if, if there is anything going on. Um, like I said, it's all very, very confidential. Right. Um, and that's uh, just to just to give some people a little bit of behind the scenes really quickly. This is uh, these 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 are really difficult situations for uh, journalists to handle. And I'm not just talking about us in this one. Yeah. You're you in particular. You're you're the point man on this. I'm I'm just mm-hmm. sort of an observer. I'm <laughs> just reading what uh, what you write. But um, really, unless the victim or the victim's family is interested in talking about this stuff, mm-hmm. there's really no. Um, no, no public information made available yeah. outside of what's said in court, which we can obviously uh, yeah. a- attend. But, um, and if you're if you're the victim of a rape, you don't really want to be talking about yes, it a whole bunch in, exactly. in the media. So it's uh, it's uh, you know we we do our best to uh, to provide the news and uh, mm-hmm. and um, you know and all those things, but you don't want to be hounding a, a, a potential rape victim for yeah. for information or uh, or constantly calling their family or any of any of mm-hmm. those types of things and and the other channels are uh, are really not necessarily available to go through because yeah. those that information is confidential and it's not open record and and those sorts of things so it's a mm-hmm. it's a really tough thing to cover from a journalism yeah it's, it's really kind of sitting around and waiting right yeah. now to be yeah. honest um you know, and I can't predict that if he is, if there's nothing that comes out of a, you know, Title IX investigation, um, I can't predict when he'll play again. Right. Um, it's hard to predict whether they're going to keep holding him back because of the protective order hearing. Right. Um, if he's me, cleared, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. He, he, it's a different burden of proof right. from the university than it is in a court of law. Yeah. And so he could face some sort of punishment still. Right. Um, I have no idea, but. So there's no way to tell when he's coming back if he's coming back this season right now. Is he practicing with the team right now? No. Okay. Nope. So that um, that would delay things even when even if yes. if he's fully cleared of everything. I'm, it's not like he gets cleared on Monday yeah. and plays on Tuesday. I'm, I'm told he's working on his own. Right, 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 um, right. Working with some trainers and stuff like that, but yeah. he can't he's not part of any team activities. Right. So he's not at practice, he's not going through film, he's not doing any of that. Yeah. Um I've seen him pop his head in the gym a couple times, mm-hmm. um, but uh, other than that, I mean, he's not doing anything. So that's going to factor in, you know, say he gets cleared next month. If he does get cleared, I'm not saying he will. I have no idea. But if he does get cleared, he's still going to have to take a couple of weeks to kind of get back into some right. of things. Exactly. And you're already in Big 12 play yeah. at that point, too. So how much value is he going to bring when he right. hasn't done anything all season yeah. other than work out on his own? Yeah, he hasn't had the, the non-conference lead-up that yeah. – that, Chris Harris and Avery Anderson mm-hmm. and these other freshmen are getting yeah, he to. D- yeah, he doesn't have that freshman ex- non-conference schedule yeah. that's so crucial to right. freshman's development. Yeah, exactly. You know, the Boone twins have developed, and Avery Anderson and Chris Harris is in the starting lineup right now with Isaac Likely sick. Right. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, but Marcus Watson's kind of just, uh, he's in pictures on the team website. That's about yeah. it right now. So. Yeah. Uh, last thing, and we'll shut this down, but you mentioned Isaac Likely. Uh, any uh, timetable on uh, on when that dude is I don't know. Um We'll find out today. There's availability today. I was going to ask about that today. Um, rumors kind of floating around. It could be a little bit of a lengthy thing, but uh, nothing's confirmed. Yeah. 
but uh, but still believed to be just a, an, an illness yes. of some sort. Yes, just an illness, no injury. Yeah. Um, he's fine, uh, other than just doesn't feel well. And yeah. uh, so you know, they need him back quickly because Houston's, Houston's really good yeah, they are. on Sunday. And then Minnesota's not going to be a pushover next right. Saturday at Tulsa. Yep. Um, those are two big non-conference games left. Southeast Louisiana, he could probably sit out, and they'll probably still right. win that one yeah. uh, to close out the, the calendar here. But, uh, but yeah, this str- this stretch of four games right here, the two that they yeah. just played in the, and the two coming up. <laughs> it's the worst time to lose your right. best player. It would have it <laughs> been a very valuable time to, to have yeah. him. Uh, and they're him coming off such a high in Brooklyn. Right, right, exactly. That they're riding high. The, the nation's yeah. watching them at this point. Yes. they got all this attention. And yes. then your, your star player – Get sick and can't play in those two games, and and you compete with Georgetown, and then you don't compete at all with Wichita State, and it yeah. just it's dropped them back to where people just don't you know aren't right. looking at him anymore. Exactly. And, um, but I think if he comes back and you keep your and A on the floor out mm-hmm. of foul trouble, they're going to be just fine. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it. He's Jacob Unruh. I'm Scott Wright, and we appreciate you as always listening to the Cowboy Chronicles, which is brought to you by Zaxby's. Satisfy your craving for hand breaded chicken and fresh made salads. Stop by your neighborhood Zaxby's today or order online at zaxby's.com forward slash podcast.